Hey guys, and welcome to the second episode of Theology Unscripted with Dr. Jones. Today we will be covering the basics of theology and diving into who God really is. This is Theology Unscripted. What's up, Dr. Jones? How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Dylan. Excited for this uh, first real episode here. All right, Dr. Jones, I got a question for you. What does it mean to be a Christian? All right, getting right into it. Uh, We call someone a Christian who believes in, I think, a few basic things. We have a lot of beliefs involved in the Christian faith, but really for me it comes down to just a few primary issues. I believe you should believe in the full deity of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I believe the Bible teaches all three of those things. I believe that we have to trust that God is who he says he is in his word and and take him at that word and be able to see him as he has represented himself through the Bible, through through the way that he has revealed himself to the world. I believe we also have to trust in Jesus as God the Son being our full atoning sacrifice for sin, knowing that mankind is fully sinful, can't save themselves, and that we need a Savior, and Jesus was that perfect Savior. It's not a works-based salvation. I'm very passionate about Christianity being salvation and grace by faith alone. I believe in that very strongly, so I, I think if you have any kind of, well, I have to do this much to to be a Christian, or I have to do these things, or do these things, or I'm not saved. I think that, honestly, that kind of puts you outside of the Christian faith, is what I believe. And uh, we have to believe that Jesus is is raised from the dead, and has is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and will return someday. For me, it's that simple. There's a lot of other beliefs about the Holy Spirit, about what it, what you, how you should be baptized, uh, where you should go to church, uh, all these kind of things that honestly are just secondary issues, as I call them, uh, just things that we can differ on, but ev- can still be Christians. So that's kind of the most basic way that I can that I can see it. All right, so Dr. Jones, I just want to ask you, sort of, you know, elaborating on your God the Father, who exactly is God the Father, or you know, any other part of Him. Again, yeah, this is a great place for us to start as we uh, get going on this podcast. We've uh, got a lot of things we could talk about, and if we're going to start somewhere talking about who God is and what he has uh, or how he has revealed himself, yeah, I'd say the perfect place to start. Um, so if you guys have about 17 hours, it'll, I'll just read this entire... I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. I'm going to try and again sum this up as best I can uh, as to who who God is. What is the definition of God? What do people mean when they say God. And again, if we're talking about what it means to be a Christian, we're talking about the Christian God, the God of the Christian Bible. Who is that, and what does that look like? I would say most of the time, and I, I'll, Chris, I'll ask you this or anyone else, when I say God, do you think God the Father? Is that kind of the first place you guys go? I would say so, yeah. I suppose the main like figurehead of the Trinity, I suppose. Like, God the Father, yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think a lot of people see him that way, and I uh, believe in some ways that that is how the Bible portrays God. You say, when we say God, or as the Hebrews would have said, Yahweh, or any other name like that, that's kind of who who they're referring to. God the Father as, yeah, what some might say is the figurehead of the Trinity. And I, I think that is true in some ways, but we also want to make sure we don't think, well, God the Father is greater or more powerful than the other parts of the Trinity. Although I do think there's a lot of truth to that. I think God first reveals himself as the Father. The Spirit is there in creation, of course. Um, and then the Son is mentioned possibly in the Old Testament, 
some people think there's a lot of speculation about that that we could talk about in another podcast. But really, it's God the Father that we're introduced to first, who later on in Exodus will tell Moses his name is as I am. He's going to call himself Yahweh, that covenant name. But what, when, we, when we're talking about God, we're talking about a God who is a lot of things, but is uh, most specifically the infinite and holy and perfect being that is the source of all things. God is not something that was created. God is not a creature or a person who achieved godhood in some way. He is simply who he is, and that's kind of the point of his name, that name I am. He just, he just is. He has existed for eternity past and will exist for eternity future. And that's mind-boggling to me, frankly, that something could exist uh, with infinity and have no beginning and no end. Uh, that's another way he's revealed himself is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's just He just is. We have to see God that way. And there's a lot of God. You know, we try to define God. We're defining something that is simply undefinable, truthfully. We can't define God in human terms whatsoever. However, he has given us lots of ways we can do that. We can call him Father. We can call him Lord. And yeah, just continuing on that thought, you know, of course, we have God the Father, but we don't want to take, when we talk about God, we mean God the Son, God the Holy Spirit as well. The word Trinity is a word, I call it a theological term that we've put on something that we see in the Bible. Although we don't see the word Trinity in the Bible, it's still a word that's correct just because we see the truth of that. We see that God is one. Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, the people of Israel, the saying that they say day and morning and evening. And the thing that they say is the Lord our God, he is one Lord. So that's very clear. But then we also see where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And he presents himself as being present in creation and all things being created through him and for him. So we see very clearly throughout the Bible, the theme of the Bible is God has revealed himself in three persons, yet he is one God. And uh, we just don't understand that. And that's okay. I think we should rest in a little bit of just that he is unknowable. I think we should just rest in the fact that he is unknowable uh, fully, but yet he's revealed himself to us and allowed us to allowed us to understand who he is. So is that any other follow-up questions on that? Okay, so you talk about who God is and that he revealed himself through three different persons. And you said that God is one universal being all in total. I want to know, and I feel like a lot of people who are skeptical about entering Christianity and religion, I think they want to know, what or who made God? That is an awesome question, because everything that we know has a beginning and has some kind of point at time where it came into existence, and in our minds must have some point in time when it's not going to be in existence anymore. So in our minds, something everything should have a beginning. So... Having this God that has always been and will always be again, is, is hard for us to fathom, right? But I want to take us back. Let's just, on a, on a macro level, just zoom out on the span of human history or just time or whatever you want to call it and just think about existence itself. And this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night and keeps people awake because it's just you could think about it for years and years and never really your your mind just can't handle it honestly this is what happens to me at least just existence in itself think about an a theory of existence or theory of all things where there is no god just a natural theory of existence uh where the big bang happened at some point everything is just here yeah, everything came together at random over long long periods of time billions of years and this has been the common the common theory of the the natural origin of things right but I would go back even to that and say, okay, great. Where did that come from? 
did, did matter just exist? Was there were there atoms and oh, I don't even know. I don't understand. Right, but that had to exist before this Big Bang. You say the Big Bang is the beginning. Well, where did that come from? Right, where did that matter come from for it to do that? Something. So I would say, thinking that in mind, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe about God or not, you have to believe that something is infinite or something came into existence out of nothing, right? Would you agree with that? Okay. Something had to either always exist or come into existence, whether it's just matter and it just came into existence and everything just randomly appeared, or if not something, then someone, someone created all things. So for me, it's not, it, it, it's equally as crazy to say, well, there's a God who's infinite as just to say that anything exists at all. You know, the, one of the philosophical questions that is very hard to answer is why is there something and not nothing? Why is something exist? Why is there just nothing? We would not even be able to comprehend that because there is something. So I would say just being a human being involves having a belief that something is either infinite or something came into existence at some point. So for me, I don't think anything can come into existence without a cause. So I would say we have to believe in something infinite. You could believe matter has just always been here to infinity past uh, in an unfathomable way. Uh, I just, I think that you have to believe that. I think you have to believe in the infinite existence of things. So for me to say, well, it either has to be matter or God who created those things, it makes more sense to me that there was a beginner, a person, a infinite being who created all those things. So this is uh, theology unscripted, so we didn't write a script, but it's not theology unresearched. So we have sources that we're using for this. Uh, this is from the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, which is a lovely 1,300-page book that I've had since seminary. But it says this, For there to be anything at all contingent in the universe, that means anything that is the result of something else, there must be at least one thing that is not contingent. And that's what I'm getting at. One thing has to not have a cause. One thing must be the cause. Something that is necessary throughout all change and is self-established. In this case, necessary does not apply to a proposition, but to a thing. And it means infinite, eternal, everlasting, self-caused, and self-existent. It is not enough to say that infinite time will solve the problem of a contingent being. No matter how much time you have, dependent being, that's us, that's everything we see, dependent is on, on something, is still, again, any dependent being is still dependent on something. Everything contingent within the span of infinity will at some particular moment not exist. But if there was a moment when nothing existed, then nothing would exist now, right? If there was a moment in time where absolutely nothing existed, there would still be nothing. There has to be a cause for everything. That is what we have observed in the universe. There, matter does not simply come out of nowhere. It doesn't just appear out of nowhere. So for there to have been a time when nothing existed, then there would still be nothing existing today. However, the fact that we exist, to me, points to the fact that there is an infinite being who put all of these things here. Now, do I fully understand that in my finite, puny little human mind? Not even a little bit. But I don't know how else to explain it. Why, would God, why is there a God? Why is there... I don't know why. How is something self-existent like that? I don't know. It is mind-boggling. Absolutely. But the fact that we are here points to me that God has always existed and will always exist because otherwise there would be nothing and we wouldn't even be sitting here making a podcast.
Okay, so Dr. Jones, I understand there has to be a start. Okay, that's that's an obvious point. But what I don't understand, why does it have to be a beginner or God and not the Big Bang or evolution? Why, is it, why can't it not be matter and it's just randomness? Why does it have to be Christianity? I continued reading what I was looking at, and you hit this this point. This is what this the book says here. The choice is simple. One chooses either a self-existent God or a self-existent universe. That's exactly what you're getting at. You have to choose one or the other. And so they're going to say in here, and I completely agree, the universe is not behaving as if it is self-existent. In fact, according to the second law of thermodynamics, the universe is running down like a clock, or better, cooling off like a giant stove. Energy is constantly being diffused or dissipated, progressively distributed throughout the universe. If this process goes on for a few, bil- few billion more years, scientists have never observed a restoration of dissipated energy, then the result will be a state of thermal equilibrium, or the heat death of the universe, if you've ever heard of that, and a random degradation of energy throughout the entire cosmos, and hence the stagnation of all physical activity. The point that I see in that is... And what I and, and some of that is probably some outdated um, cosmology, but again, I'm not not a scientist, at least not a professional one. I dabble and I watch YouTube videos. But what I have observed and what I have read about in the universe is all of the things, all of the laws of physics that exist, all of the order that seems to be in the universe, to me just doesn't make sense as a natural theory. You can look up and I, you know, again, we could go through this for hours and hours, but you know, I'll allow you to go look up the fine-tuning of the universe. Search that on Google, the fine-tuning of the universe. It'll give you hundreds of laws of physics that if they were off by just a little bit in either direction, nothing could exist. And the fact that that order is in creation, the fact that things seem to have gone from a state of chaos to a state of more order is something that's simply not observed. Things tend towards entropy. They don't tend towards order. Uh, so the fact that stars came into existence and... Around those stars, planets formed, and some planets seem to be able to support life, ours being one. And then life was great. I, I just, I don't see, to me, things tending towards better doesn't make sense in the laws of physics. When left to themselves, the laws of physics, things degrade, things break down, things tend towards entropy. And what, we're, what we see at the origins of the universe is order from chaos. And in fact, I think that's the whole point of Genesis 1. And what it teaches us is that God brings order from chaos. There's this chaotic world, that watery deep of some kind, and God says, let there be light, and I'm going to separate the light from darkness. I'm going to give order to that, and I'm going to separate the land and the sky and the sea, and I'm going to bring order to this world. That's what I do. That's the God that I am. That's what he's saying in Genesis 1. I, when I, just when I look at the universe and I see the order that is created, I don't see any way how that can happen on its own. And then, and the what... It, the natural theories will tell us is, well, it's been billions of years. Anything can happen over billions of years. And I just, I don't know. I just don't agree with that. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me in my head because of what we observe. We observe that things break down, that things go away. Things don't get better. And so since they have order, since there is order, since all of these things are there, uh, there seems to be to me, and again, I can't prove it, right? I can't prove it a 100%, but it seems to me, it makes more sense. It, to have faith that something put us here, and I, I would need I would need more faith to believe in the natural order of things. Uh, just that we randomly uh, were able to have existence at all makes way less sense to me than the fact that an infinite God put us here. 
All right, thank you for that, Dr. Jones, and thank you for all our listeners out there. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Theology Unscripted with Dr. Jones.